0: Welcome to 2021, where there's still absolute killings.
1: I'll tell you something, so speaking of technology, I read this article, article these this term very loosely on BuzzFeed yesterday, and it was like uh, this guy, right? So there's this app, this thing you can get Apparently this is a thing men do So it's a chastity Thing that they put In their penis Yes And it It's like a, cha- a lock Yes, so it's called Chastity lock Lock belt Lock something Anyway And there's an app You can use on your phone To control it And some guy Hacked the app And like Locked the chastity thing On like eight dudes Oh my and, god I love this man And blackmailed them And was like Your cocks are mine Word for word Hate that word But that's what he said <laughs> And uh, it was like You have to give me money Or I'm not going to unlock your old, uh, your old pisser there
0: what? Yeah. What do you? What did they want? I do don't that, know. And
1: like, the for the, the hilarious thing is, they had to ring up someone and me go, "Listen, uh, listen.
0: There's no reason. I can't for, come into work. Listen, if you're into that fair play, but like, there's no reason to get technology involved. They had to get technology involved. So he hacked it. <laughs> what a genius! I was like, what's going on in the world? What a fucking genius. Uh, welcome to episode 30
1: Oh my god And it's the first one of 2021 And it's the first one I guess what 2021 is a shit show Anybody who thought twenty wasn't going to be a shit show It's wrong okay. It's a shit show
0: Wait to fucking start the show Hey guys Happy New Year Hey guys I kind of want pizza
1: now oh, it's, it's No I don't need it
0: Happy New Year We're back With a bang. I don't want to say that. No,
1: not with a bang. We're just back in general. We're just back. We've had a nice little... Sorry for the long break. I confused everybody because I said we would be back in the 6th. But I was wrong because we had one final episode for Christmas and then we were taking two weeks off which would bring it to now. So I'm sorry. That was my fault.
0: I lobbied on all of your behalf. She
1: did and I was like, no.
0: (laughs) But Emma was not having it. (laughs)
1: so I apologise I fucked up and then I'm sorry for Instagram as well because I was like we we'll bake tomorrow and then I was like it's, it's Monday is not June today. yeah I don't know uh, what this week is happening oh, like? I'm so confused about um, everything it's, it's, but, been, it's been a week lads oh look at your eyelashes they're so pretty Sarah's drawing on her uh, iPad Pro Pro what's yes. iPad Pro on her Procreate because she's a posh lady Procreate she's
0: but all drawing of my herself works of art that no one will ever see because I, I throw them in them. the bin I see them um, anyway, me. back to business. How is everyone? How's everybody? Did you have a nice Christmas? Did was you have a nice shit? New Year's? Some people don't like Christmas, and that's cool. Emma doesn't like. Christmas
1: I had a shit Christmas, but Sarah had a lovely Christmas. I did. I she did really herself. Christmas this, this year, she had a lovely time with her family. Um, I had this was the
0: first year. Yeah. That like financially, Christmas didn't impact
1: me. That's good. That's always a good thing. I think. Like. And so... Less stress.
0: I wasn't going into January.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Being like... (gasps) Fuck.
0: I can't like... um, and, And when you've got like a kid... Well, it depends. When you've got a kid, you have the option to put yourself under massive financial pressure or you could be smart about it and
1: not do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But it's still But you still Like coming into January you still like I still have to feed this thing
0: Yeah but you still have to feed the thing You still have to pay our bills You have to pay your mortgage Yeah, yeah and I yeah. also have like a family Just, just like Fucking
1: oh, hold oh she's back hold She's back
0: To the fucking wall in January the <laughs> fucking January oh. Two days after
1: Christmas Have
0: you got any money Until
1: the, like Stop. middle of January Yeah, Two days after Christmas Yeah Are you serious Yeah We're back lads
0: Happy fucking Christmas. We're making shite of Sarah's
1: family already. Yeah. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> um, but who um, listens to this out of your family, honestly. Who what? Who listens to this out of your family? And uh, Nikita. Chicka-kita, tell me what's wrong. And
0: there I'm is thinking- actually a
1: Nikita song. I could have just sang that. Nikita. Oh,
0: Nikita, you will never know.
1: Uh, is anybody else?
0: Um I think a couple of my cousins.
1: That's alright, they won't tell your mom what you said. Well
0: my mum said to me today <laughs> so oh. my mum said today. My mom's gone through like this happens at the beginning of every year where my mom uh, is. She trying. She tries. Okay. So like That's I, I think my mom's New Year resolution every year <laughs> is try to be with like, Sarah. Try with Sarah. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, Caroline. Okay. You can do this. Pull through, Caroline. Come um, on. And I think I may have started, it and I genuinely didn't mean start it because I was, I wasn't. I was taking a piss, but what it's also true. But I don't care. On Christmas Day, yeah. My sister was going on about like favorites. And my sister was like to my mom, "Sure, I'm your favorite." And my mom was like, "I don't, don't ha-. have." She's locked. They'll have favorites. I don't have favorites. And I was like, "Yes, you do." I was like, Michaela is your favorite," and I was like, "Ma'am, that's totally fine." I was like, "Dad, I'm Dad's yeah, favorite." Yeah, yeah, And then Richie was like, "Who am I favorite of?" And I was like, "Nobody." Nobody. Um. I was like, that's totally cool. Not Do you even think she like, took it to hers? I think she, I think she did, but I don't know because, in all honesty, I don't know how she remembered anything of Christmas Day. She You're was locked.
1: Fucking locked. <laughs> she was dead right. Um, Everybody should get locked on Christmas yeah. Day except alcohol. I put up them.
0: a video of her, um,
1: Nikita singing What? Oh my god, you sent it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she
0: was like, "That's how you get the ring." Eh. Um, so you know, I had a very. I had a lovely Christmas Good That's the most and important And I had thing. such a nice break from work
1: Yeah that's the thing You need a break You need <sighs> the break lads The break from work I mentioned people on my feed My feed though My Instagram feed That were like still in work I feel so bad Like I was in work But I was at home So it wasn't so bad But like people in retail Oh people in retail These are fucking saints Yeah God of almighty How did they put up With a shout like But fair platey So other than Christmas Yeah
0: It's been two weeks Three weeks How long has it been? Three weeks Three weeks Three weeks, I think.
1: I still um, haven't taken my tree down. Gotta do that. I'm still at Christmas tree. Anthony's small.
0: Um, I took mine down before New Year's. Um, <laughs> So. <laughs> you had enough. It's not even that I had enough. It was just that was the only day me and Graham had off. off. So it was like, right, let's do this.
1: Let's do this. Um, Let's do this. What have you been up to? Nothing, dude. Working. Here's this cat. My yeah. cat's roaring in the background. I'm sorry. <coughs> uh, Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Have I been doing anything? Nope. Work. Work seeing you. Work, seeing you. Yeah, there's a global Work, pandemic. seeing you. We've
0: gone back into lockdown. Yeah. Full lockdown. Full
1: lockdown, which we all knew was going to happen anyway. Yeah. But it's still shite because it's probably going to be here till March.
0: Well, it's the worst. Wah, so, wah. What are we like the most?
1: Weren't we like the most amount of cases per capita the other day? In Europe. In, in the world, dude. In the world. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. How bad are we? Yeah. Stay your gaffs. Have you ever seen the episode of Parks and Recreation where the guy who plays Homer is in it? And Leslie you know, goes to the radio station, and he's playing like Norwegian lesbian. Yes, talk- I always want to talk like him into the microphone. <laughs> That's what I always want to do whatever I'm here. I always want to be um. What's the <laughs> handsome Dan?
0: Handsome Dan. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're so. Di- I want to be like NPR, and you want to be like it's Cockman and the Radio <laughs> boop, 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 K W Two. He's gonna have to that out, He's like gonna have, that one like way up. Yeah, the mic. Sorry, Colin. Um, <laughs> uh, storming the capital. Stop storming the Capitol <laughs> Stop. Just. Everyone, but too many things have happened, and too many things are happening. There's too many things going on.
0: The capital. Me and Emma were together. Emma said, "Hey." God, I think Flavio messaged you. Yeah,
1: or something, and I was like, "Hey, hey turn on CNN there." The and, I was the
0: like, Sorry and then we turned on CNN, and it was just like mayhem. And then at one point, I thought there was like they were saying that people were getting
1: shot in in the in the in the in ro- the house, in the house of,
0: of what is it? I don't know. The house of Cards. Rep- Representatives. The House of Cards. The House of Cards. <laughs> Kevin Spacey was in there shooting people, pushing people out front of trains. <laughs>
1: Um, no, it was absolute fucking insanity. And
0: I was uh, kind of upset.
1: I was it upset. It was horrible.
0: And then I was just like, "Oh, like if this guy rubber bulleted Black Lives Matter protesters. They mace
1: children.
0: To get a picture in front of a church yep. with a Bible that he held
1: upside down. Yep. Um, If those protesters. He called those people. Uh, good people. The best of people. Uh, We love you. We we love love you. you. Go Go home. home. We love you. We understand why you're upset. We love you. Go home. Um, And people are like, he didn't. He didn't mean it like that. How else did he mean it? And if those people were two shades darker, they would. There would have been blood spilled on the capital steps. Like there is no. Like I am. It's watching policemen help these motherfuckers down down the steps. When I tell you, they would have got a boot into the back of the head down that step. Insanity. Like, obviously, there was police officers involved in the whole thing. There have was one hundred percent. they were already after arresting like five or six of them, and two of them have been taken off or on leave. They're investigating them.
0: the The story goes, and the footage <coughs> that I've seen is that the people that were on the front of that mob were off-duty police officers and they they flashed their badge. So they were
1: like, come on in.
0: So they then moved the gates open. There was also, while me and you were watching, there was people taking selfies with with police police officers officers. inside the Capitol. Um, And that's not taken away from, because there was many, many hours of footage of like people like police officers Trying, so trying, to, do trying, trying to do stuff. Trying to do stuff and trying to like stop it. But happening. Was that police officer
1: inside who uh, diverted them? Like was like making them chase him yes. to divert them? Like
0: yeah,
1: that like that dude. Oh my he's god, he's a fucking patriot. Like that's the whole like the fact that the, any sort of Republican can stand and try and justify this no. behavior is a bit smut. Like, yeah. uh, but we everyone was like, this is not America. Yes, it isn't. That is. If someone said to me, "What's America?" That is. I will point to this. Like yeah. But I just Because I, I know people Were really upset by it And really Like Conan did an episode Actually Conan did an episode Of Ronald Reagan's son Ron Reagan Jr And Seriously special episode
0: The law and order specialist <laughs> Yes The guy who started
1: The term law so and order So he was like I want to do an episode Of Ron Reagan Because He's he's a political pundit as well So He did a special episode with him And Conan was Because Conan's a history buff and he's yes, a, he He's a political buff He was so upset like he was so upset, he's like, "I don't understand why this is happening." I was like, "This is what are you talking about? You don't understand how it's happening. It's been happening for four years. years. This is the culmination. Everybody knew this was coming, and something else is going to happen. Yeah. I have no Did doubt in not my mind." You see
0: the statement he put out today. Yeah, his statement where he was like, "If you don't, if you if you try and <laughs> teach me, people will get very angry, yeah. and you may be in danger, yeah. and you may get hurt." This is. But, but I've got nothing to do with it. You're just, this
1: is very dangerous. He is, when I say scum of the scum earth. Scum of the earth. Scum of the earth. Um, but anyway, stop storming the capital. Just mm. please. Also, I don't know if you saw all the mother and baby stuff came out today.
0: Did I? Did
1: I see? I did to, did I we had just
0: to, gaslight an entire yeah, generation I have of women to like, cl- flick cl- out of it? I was the reading it. exact stuff this morning. statement was <coughs> there was no proof that we forcibly removed. ...babies away from mothers and forcibly sold them into adoption. Yes, you did. But it was really apparent and really obvious. This is the exact wording of this, uh, that they had no other option. That's the fucking... Like, that's... That is...
1: The, that's no, consent. You, that's took their no children. consent. you took their children.
0: You took their children. You took their children. had no other option. You had an infant mortality rate that oh, was 75% oh higher
1: crazy. than
0: the national average at the time.
1: And the things that they were dying of.
0: They let these babies They just die. let them rot. Yes.
1: But did you see that? It was like, because I read, the, I started reading about it and I had to kick off because I was like, it's so upsetting. But there was one girl talking about how um, she had her baby for three years. Yeah. And then they she had to stand at the window upstairs and watch as they gave her baby away. Yeah. And then that other part that maybe was like, where they did um, vaccine testing on the kids. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we did vaccine testing. There's no evidence that any of them were sick from it though. What? They died. What are you fucking talking about? Of course they, of course they got sick. Mm-hmm. Just when I tell you, just a shadow on this country. Like the way... The world, like to this, I always say this, the world hates women. Women are born into a world where there is a constant struggle. Mm-hmm. And ma- Unfortunately, just in the sense that you are born as a second class citizen, not necessarily in our country, but in other countries, you are born as a second class citizen. Yeah. There are ba- babies being born in countries like Pakistan and India, where men are murdering their daughters because they don't want them yeah. and nothing is being done about it yeah. because they're female. That is just... That is happening. And I'm not picking Pakistan or India as, you know, the bad countries. I'm just saying that is happening. And then for the government to be like, you know, it was their... You know, we just... It, they had no option. They did have an option. They were their babies. Yeah. What right have you to tell a woman that they're not allowed to have their child?
0: Also... And the things they did to them. Let's talk about the fact that there's not a single, like, multiple, multiple women in the thousands were underage... Yeah. Where had been
1: raped. Because they're being raped. And And a lot of times, incestually raped. And not a single man. Nothing.
0: Was held accountable for any of those things. As my mother
1: says, the fallen women, that's what they were called. The fallen women. And she always says where the fuck were the fallen men.
0: Yeah,
1: Like, these, we, we hated women. Ireland hated women. Like, Mm. they destroyed them. And the nuns and the priests, those cunts, because that's what they are, and I don't care saying it, cunts. I hope they're all rotten in hell, every single one of them, because what the damage they have done for generations. And then people are like, why is Ireland are a bunch of drinkers, a bunch of alcoholics? Yes, because we're a nation built on trauma that has Uh, not dealt with our fucking trauma.
0: And we have a current, we have a government that has refused to pay those women the respect Yes. And dignity. That they deserve. And those children, the right to find yeah. their parents.
1: Like my, my neighbour back home, I don't know if I can keep this in. I won't mention names. My We have a neighbour back home where I'm from that lives next door to us. And a couple of years ago, she just came into my mum's house and she was crying. And my mum was like, what's wrong? And she said to my mum, I found my son. And my mum was like, what are you talking about? This woman's like 60 odd at this point. And mum was like, what the fuck are you, what son? What are you talking about? So she had had a baby she was married at the time she wasn't but she had a baby with a man then went on to marry this man and her mother made her give her baby away just because she wasn't married but then she went on to marry this man so gave the baby away so she'd been searching for years and years and years and years and eventually found him in America and he's a great family he adopted into a loving really wonderful parents beautiful family but my mum said just the devastation on her face to be like that's my baby mm-hmm. and I can't have my baby and he has this whole other life with these people who didn't give birth to him and I, she never had kids after that Never had a child after that. So that's... Because people. when people talk this about this, they can talk about it in abstract terms. But that's a human. Yeah. That's a person. And she is a very angry, bitter woman. And you can just see why she's so angry and bitter. Because she feels like something was taken from her. And something... Like, imagine someone coming and taking the you, surgeon. Oh, Emma, it's like... Like, I could... You know what I mean? It's it's beyond comprehension.
0: Like... like imagine like, going... Like, just... We, we actually have... Like... It, me and Gar grew up with somebody that has a a doctor brother that he didn't learn yes, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until he was much older, and for that exact reason, his mother shame was pregnant out of wedlock. Yeah. Like my sister was nearly one of those kids. My mom was to be sent away. It's fucking crazy. And my grandfather stepped in and was like, "No, no." Because what's odd about that scenario is that my grandmother was to was sent to England to give birth. Why? Because she was pregnant at a wedlock for a man that <gasps> did not want the child. And where are these men? Because that me- that man as well. Like mm-hmm. he has had no relationship with with uh, that. What essentially my auntie? Your auntie. Um, but like it's it was insane. odd because my mom got pregnant when she was sixteen. Yeah, in the seventies. And she, my grandmother was going to do to her
1: what they tried to do to your grandmother. But they,
0: what they had, they did do it to her. They sent her to England, and she was to go to England, and she was to give my auntie Mary to like somebody else oh my God. over there. That's so and up. then what happened was she met my grandfather, and my grandfather stood by her and was like, "No, we'll ra- like we'll raise this child." Ugh. And back then as well, like so much trauma happened. My grandfather had to legally adopt my auntie. Oh, your auntie. But they legally weren't allowed to do it until my auntie could like consent. So then my auntie had to learn that my granddad wasn't her biological father father. and she had to get up in court and say that she accepted him as her dad. Oh, Um,
1: everything is awful.
0: And that's just but trauma, you, trauma, trauma, upon trauma. Yeah. It's upon generational trauma. because
1: the parent, the grandparents don't deal with it. They pass it down to the parents. The parents don't deal with it. They pass it on to the children. The children yeah. like it. It trick. It's trickle down trauma. Yeah, so it's a trickle down economy. That's what it is like. But if you do get a chance to do read up on, on, if you can, because I read some of it and I had to click out of it because I was like, I can't read this because I want to read it because I want to understand. But also, I just can't read what they did to these women because I know what they did. Yeah. Oh... oh. If you're into, well, like, you should watch the Magdalene laundries. Oh God, that film! They made us watch that in school.
0: Yeah, like I don't know what the nuns made I us was like,
1: watch it. Why are you We're making? Like, a- like, a- like, are you holding the mirror up to you, yourself? You fuckers! I anyway, know. Um, this is, this is Do you Cat- want to talk about army hammer? This is why Kathleen hates nuns. Army hammer. Army. You <laughs> I enforce. Hammer, I informed Sarah Jane today about Army Hammer. It was actually really funny. I was like, Did you hear about Army Hammer? and she was like, Actually, I'm gonna read, said... <laughs> no, read the message. No, I'm gonna read the message because made me laugh. Because immediately you were like, Oh, backtrack, backtrack. <laughs> um, I said, Uh, oh, because no, 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 no. I sent you that message about Jeff Bezos sex,
0: yes, alive girl, alive, girl. alive. I love
1: you, alive girl. So I said, so him and his wife separated last year and everyone was like, why blah, blah, blah. Army Harmer. Army Harmer and his wife. So it turns out he has a harem of women he calls kittens scattered around the world who he would meet for sex and BDSM. And Sarah went, ooh, I'd absolutely be into that. Ha ha. But I said, then the main thing he was into was wanting to eat pieces of their skin and drink their blood. And you were like, ah, I take it back. I take it back. Jesus Christ, what the actual fuck. And then
0: for some reason... (laughs) Sarah made the executive decision <laughs> to deep dive. But Sarah deep dived <laughs> while she was on a work conference call on video, but I wasn't expected to talk. <laughs> so I was supposed to be listening, but I was deep diving this Army Hammers situation and reading all of the screenshots yeah. of all of the weird shit you yeah. said. Allegedly. And then someone mm. in that uh, conference call Sent me a private message To be like What are you looking at Because it's really obvious That Your you're looking at something Your face just like What, I was literally like, God, what? Um, Jim literally was like You've gone bright red <laughs> And I was like
1: Because some of it's Very hard to read
0: Well like listen, 90% look, There's nothing in very- joking but I think Army Hammer may be a serial I killer think he, or a sociopath. Like, he he said
1: in... He said... The
2: following is a trigger warning for descriptions of graphic violence against women and cannibalism.
1: In one screenshot, I am 100% a cannibal. Openly admitted to <laughs> it in am, a text message. In a text message, she
0: said, I am 100% percent cannibal. a cannibal. I have... Killed a live animal animal and eaten its its heart heart while it was still warm. I think about holding your Your heart heart in my hand and how hard it would make me to feel your heart pump in my hand. He wanted to have
1: sex with pieces of skin. He also wanted to rape women. Yeah, he was mad. It was a lot of rape going on. And There was a
0: lot of text messages back and forth (coughs) with women who had agreed to be in these scenarios with him. Who had messaged him to be like You went too far You went too far There was no safe word yeah. You didn't follow my safe yeah. word And like B- putting B- up screenshots Of the damage he had done to their neck Because like BDSM is, is all them. about
1: like Control Not control All about um, making sure you're safe That's the safety thing about it Where you have to be like There has to be a safety element to this Where we both agree to it But he just seems to want to like Have sex with a skull I don't you
0: yeah, know um, fuck He may be an Ed Kemper
1: Like Listen No king shaming Do whatever you want Like but when you're talking about Murdering women And fucking their corpses And, th- drinking, and, and drinking their blood And they're drinking their blood And eating their skin
0: There was a Sorry I'm gonna like, Trigger warning yeah, Oh god
1: we should have Trigger warning the fuck
0: out of this We'll have to put that in <laughs> There was also a, a, Anally rape you With your own blood yes, As a lubrication I saw
1: that That one fucked me up That was, was like, like sorry, oh, what? Okay this dude needs to what? This guy needs to because I was Talks honestly i tell you what I was doing I was on Twitter the other night Because I had to and I, someone needs um, to dig up his back garden <laughs> I'm telling you Dig up that fucking porch in his gaff uh, I was on Twitter Because I was complaining to somebody I wasn't complaining But I was asking something to the store I can't remember who it was It was something I wanted something to buy online Karen. No I was literally <laughs> like Can I order this to blah, blah blah I can't remember It was some clothes that I wanted to buy They were very nice I can't remember they were But uh, I just clicked on the little search button And it came up And it was like "Army Han- Hammer Cannibal I was like Eh? Is he playing a cannibal? And then I was like Oh my god <laughs> and people were like it's not real and then the girl was like well i have more i have more like she has pictures of his hands and stuff yes and like a picture of like did you see the picture where he had did you see the mannequin picture no oh my god so there's a picture of his pool yes and he has a mannequin torso and he's done that shibari What's Shibari? Shibari is like Japanese rope stuff. Yeah. Shibari? Shibari? I think it's what it's called. And uh, he's kind of holding the rope and the mannequin's just, it's so odd because it is actually like a serial killer thing. Naked mannequin, Shibari rope tied around it. And then you can see his wrist and it has his tattoo.
0: Because these women had that tattoo
1: Yeah So he has the D Whatever it is DL blah 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 tattoo And he has it on his wrist here So people Because people were like It's fake it's fake And she was like Is this fake And then people were like He
0: has a DL tattoo on his wrist And he has a tattoo on his finger Is it
1: like a skull Or or a crown or something On his finger Yeah and These women Got those tattoos. When I tell you this is so much like the Nexium cult, did you watch that Nexium cult documentary? I didn't. Yeah, but I know v- about it. It's very like. Um, now listen. Uh, allegedly, not that anybody's listening to this is important. This is just allegedly. What's, me, holy, did it. <laughs> this is just what's on Instagram at the moment. But do you know what rock. I hate? Do you know what I hate? Go. Here's what I'm gonna say. Go. It's tell really me. grinds
0: my gears. Walk around your gears. Why do we live in a society? We live in
1: a society
0: where we allow the normal reaction. To someone abuse. saying that they were abused is for society to instantly Dis- say that the abuser the abuse. is
1: lying. Yeah. And not. To say the abuse abusee is lying and say the abusee is
0: lying. Yeah, abusee is, is lying. Oh, 100%. The, that's what person- people, that
1: is people's literal go to. I don't know if that happened. Well, millions of women are raped every single day. So I feel like I would, agree, I would more side with that than the 0.1% of women that lie about it. Also, what is I think all- there's
0: some other guy's that I put up like a Facebook video and he was like in the like cadence of lying about famous people who the fuck is going to make up the Army Hammer? Like, cannibal who the
1: fuck cares about Army Hammer? Like, like, nobody cares about Army Hammer. But it's
0: like seven movies. Like,
1: literally nobody cares. But like, I I always thought he was a fucking weirdo because I was telling you earlier uh, there was a journalist who wrote an article about him, and the article was basically stating that Hollywood tried to push Army Hammer as the next big you know they did. superstar been,
0: uh, for a period. Of yeah, time, they were trying to push him, him, and, push to him and push him and push
1: him, and it wasn't working. And she was like, the reason it wasn't working is because his creep factor comes off so strongly, and he cannot hide it. And if that is absolutely true, even in "Call Me By Your Name," I was like, "This dude's a fucking creep." Yeah. Like he just has this thing about him. A ser- she said it. She was like, "He has a serial killer vibe." And he sent his fans after her on Twitter, and she was getting death threats. And then yesterday, when this all came out, she re-uploaded the article, and she was like, "Now he's right." I was like, "Yes, bitch, <laughs> fuck him up." I can't remember I'm the, the I can't remember her name, but I'll find, her I'll find her it later. Um, but yeah, like it's so. Fun. But yet, I believe if someone was like Army Hammer's cannon blah blah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, have you watched that movie? Um, sorry to bother you. It's on Netflix. Sorry he's, to bother. Sorry you. to bother you. It's fucking great. It's so good. It's really fucked up. But he plays. He's in it, and he plays like a really creepy, fucking weird bad guy. And I was like, "This is what? Sorry, what? what? Sorry to bother you. It's um I basically it's about." It's kind of odd It's a basically it's a, it's a whole like Capitalism thing But it's about this guy Who starts a job In this company And it. I'm just gonna Spoiler alert It turns out the company Is turning its employees Into like Horse human hybrids To get them to work more It's about Amazon <laughs>
0: Don't watch this movie
1: It's so about Amazon When you watch it You're like this Amazon. It, Amazon We Mad- will get sued <laughs> for <to> this <laughs> like- <laughs> it. it's like uh, but yeah it's really good But he's in it And he plays this bad guy He's giving the people The horse drug To make them horses But you know what The most upsetting part About the whole thing Was that like They don't cover the horse stick. So the horse men are naked and their penises are huge and they're just flopping around. And I'm like, did oh we need this? Why did you watch but this? Because it's fucking great. Like it's a, it's so good. Okay. Bootsy, what's his name? Bootsy something made it. Um, It's really fucking weird. It's creepy. It's fucked up, but it's great. But he plays this guy and I'm like, that is, that is. you don't have to act. This, mm, it's you. you, sir. It's you. Anyway. Anyhow. Army listen, the police need to search Army Hammer's gaff. Hmm? They absolutely do. 100% need to search Like gaff. he... Like, search honestly, staff, see what's happening there. When he search his house. Check if there's been anybody missing in the lot. La- but is he'd... he
0: really into gardening?
1: <laughs> is he always like digging.
0: Late at night. Does he have
1: large bags that he throws into the yep. holes?
0: Does he have many freezers <laughs> in the basement?
1: <laughs> but do you know the funny thing is about it. He has them like sc- like they're Russian, Croatian. He's been scattered all around the world. So when he like goes to do like press tours and junkets and stuff. He, that's where his he His His wife left him She clearly left him Because he probably she woke up And he was gnawing on her leg <laughs> He has children Children, two kids Like. So I was on his Instagram Because I was like Fuck this I'm going to oh, Instagram yeah. yeah of course I was on Instagram And he was like New Year's Happy New Year's And he's off on holidays Of course he is Because he's fucking tick When he's wealthy <gasps> So I'm sure he's on his, his uh, Own island Where he hunts women yeah. For sport yeah. Um. So he's with his whole family And he was like Minus my children Because I've decided My new year's resolution Is not to take pictures Of my children And put them on Instagram Maybe your new year's resolution Is to stop having sex With dead people Because that's clearly What you're doing sir. <laughs> That's clearly What you're doing Listen And we all know it And it's out there now stop So fucking Stop having sex With brains I don't He said something About brains And I was like I'm done I'm out
0: Oh yeah, no, he's, I'm out I was going to say In the podcast <laughs> um, Like Absolutely, Graeme's going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> what did he do? It wasn't him. Okay. I had a boyfriend. Lies. Absolutely. <laughs> you've never had a boyfriend. Um, you pay Graham to stay with you. Um, and there was red flags.
1: Everywhere. All over the place.
0: <sighs> red flags everywhere. but Sarah Jane was, was a just, red flag. Sarah Jane was wandering through them being like, like, I'm young. I'm I love, young. I love, I've, you love me. I love you. No, there was no love. There was no love. No, at no point was I like, I love you. I don't know what was happening. I clearly was going through like... You were going through something. I was going through something. But anyhow, there was a number of red flags. Um, And at one point, he rang me drunk. And he said... Oh God. On the call, he was like... I can't remember. He was like going on and on about something. He was kind of like... rant, And he said, I want to knock you out and fuck your skull. Ha! And then he was like, I think you'd look so sexy if I cut your head off. And I mean, because I was not drunk. I was also babysitting. Um, Sarah. I was still in college. No. What the fuck? I was doing my leaving cert. And I was just like, on the call, I literally was like, What's wrong with you? We this is not a thing. No. We will no longer Sir, be together. Go to therapy. You need to go speak to somebody. Um what the fuck? And then it came out like so many years later.
1: That and, man yeah, was Army Hammer. <laughs>
0: go on. Sarah Jane was in a relationship with Army yeah. Hammer. Um it later it came out like many years later after me and him had uh stopped uh seeing each other, um he'd assaulted like a number of girls. Not
1: shocked at all.
0: He had physically beaten up his previous girlfriend before me. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, he had multiple children. What around the place? Sarah, the red flags are. The flying. red flags. I didn't know about those red flags. Those flags, the red flags. The other were red hitting. flags that happened was at one point. Very soon after that. So that call happened and I was like, we can't be together. And then like fucking 17-year-old Sarah Jane was like, oh, I'll cycle to your house. Um, oh. I know. 17-year-old I know. Sarah Jane. Um, and I cycled to his house and whatever happened, we were, were like, we're literally just lying in bed. Yeah. And I went to move and whenever I went to move, I caught like a piercing that he had in his ear and he physically punched me in the chest. And Sarah. I got up. I literally just got up. I... I remember I, like, I got, I just saw Red. Yeah. I got up and I started to, like, break things in his bedroom and make loads of noise. And I was like, you won't ever fucking touch me again. Jesus and he was like, Jesus. stop, stop, stop. And I was like, every, because he shared a house. I was like, everybody will, in this house will know what you just did to me. You don't f- ever get oh. to touch me. And I just got up. I wrecked the house. I wrecked his room. He walked out. I walked, I got my bike and I cycled home and that was it. I was like, never again.
1: Fuck dude um, That's awful I'm sorry. But he
0: said that thing That like that thing of like I want to cut you And I want
1: to yeah. Like
0: that's like there That's is, not BDSM No that's
1: not kink That's like That's not a kinky thing That's like I want to hu- hurt I want to
0: really hurt Hurting you. women
1: gives me sexual gratification Yeah And they're not getting any sexual gratification mm-hmm. Because they're dead Yeah
0: um, like, like BDSM is and like I'm it's, not a fucking expert No there. but it's
1: not abuse But it's not There's a, there's a trust there, element There has to be like um, you There's have an to be element like, of like I'm going to let you do this to a point And then we're going to stop And I'm going to be okay And you're going to be And there's a mutual enjoyment Yeah It's not I want to cut your throat And then Go and eat a pie Like that's not You can't, Like that's <laughs> not I was actually listening to this thing I'd uh, love to <laughs> eat my rather than have sex Would <laughs> do uh, There was this thing a while ago This is Feminist Website that I go on That I cannot fucking remember it, I got the name of it But they did this article About young girls And their understanding Of sex mm. So From like the age of like 16 to like 19 And they spoke to these girls That had Sexual partners And I think it was like 85% of them said That when These 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds When they were having sex with boys The boy the dudes would try and choke them Yeah
0: that's really common Without asking them Yeah
1: Did they enjoy it Because They have been taught That if you don't do that You're vanilla And you're boring And women aren't meant To enjoy sex You're meant to be beaten up And made feel like shit And you're just like A body for a man to use 16 year olds Mm. Like it's so fucked up Oh my god Everybody stop having sex with men There you go Problem solved (laughs) Problem solved Stop having sex with men I'm I'm serious Problem solved Any housekeeping Uh. Is this? Um, <laughs> do you have any housekeeping? Yeah. Um, Sarah's drawn loads of art for our merchandise.
0: Yeah, She's, I've done some stuff. It's for the so merch. pretty. Uh,
1: her stuff was gorgeous, so um, I'm excited about we're that. We're
0: going to do that tonight, actually, before I leave. Okay, perfect. Um, I have to figure out how to fucking uh, anyway. will figure um, it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We're also working on another podcast,
1: Sarah. Stop saying that. But we are. We're working on Patreon. This is the same thing. We're working on a Patreon.
0: What's the difference? Because
1: people have to pay for it Yeah, but it is another <laughs> podcast. It's just not a <laughs> Patreon. No, no, but I don't want people to think they're getting it for free. Because you're not getting nothing for free. Right? <laughs> um, like so you get this podcast <laughs> that's for free. it, and it's, we're going to turn this shite. It's going to be garbage. No. Yeah, and then you're going to have to pay us. No, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm joking. This podcast <laughs> is completely separate, and
0: because what? I'm not calling anybody out. Oh. But when we looked at this Patreon thing, the amount of podcasts, because you know how I'm like super unsure of the Patreon. Right? Yeah, so, me like, too. Sarah We're both like Emma very worried like, out by this. We really stumbled upon the Patreon. We don't being, know what's like, happening. It's not even we don't know what's happening. It's just, I don't want to fucking sell anybody short.
1: Yeah. And we don't want to give people shit. Yeah. Like we don't want to be like, oh, hey. And there was oh, a hey, number of this.
0: podcasts that had just like cut all of the... The bits that they can't keep into the podcast that's for free, and put it on. And that. we're like, "Hey, uh, our podcast content. after dark." It's like, "No, motherfucker, yeah. that's just all the shit that you legally can't say." Yeah, we're, a- where do we're actually right. going
1: to make like a second?
0: What do we call it, Type of MMI, MMI drive. drive, MMI drive. So once a week, me and Emma are going to go on a drive and talk about a topic. Yes. Uh, the last one we did, Emma spoke about my uncle's penis. Listen. And that's definitely staying in. (laughs) It's not staying in this (laughs) episode. We've reached out to a company about enamel pins. Yes,
1: we're going to do pins. And so,
0: therefore, if you sign up to the Patreon, which we haven't reworked the details of, you will get some form of merch. You'll get this additional episode once a week. Yep. And uh, Colin's going to put up all of his amazing videos there. Colin's going to
1: do some stuff for it as well because he's fucking hilarious and he makes the best shit. He makes the best shit. Yes. So we'll be doing that Yeah but we'll make sure That we put that on the Instagram And everything And the Twitter When it's all Up and running And good to go Yeah Which will be next week Probably next week Yeah Yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah Anyway I have no other housekeeping um,
0: Other than that I just want to say thanks To everyone Because like So like it's incredible We haven't put out an episode For three weeks No
1: we haven't And we've
0: had like 17,000 downloads yeah, no, In a in, two week period Thank you
1: very very much um, so We really appreciate it thank you very very much
0: All the people that Interacted with us on Twitter All the people and that Instagram, bought merch That bought merch Like you guys so, Are incredible So
1: sound nice. um, Thank you Thank you Thank you
0: Thank you, you, thank you. I think you We All need to go to therapy
1: This is your therapy And it's free it Except when we make the Patreon and then you have to pay for the therapy.
2: Attention, feminists! Murdermost Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain, boring old tees getting you down? Hey, buddy, does your huddy scream funny, duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com. Don't be a mug? Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingin'est crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder Most Irish Merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com.
0: Anyhow, Emma has a 16-page long story to tell. I came back and I
1: was like, we're going to do a long one. I think she's been writing it for three months. <laughs> <laughs> also, this... Has this has ever, I'm like Stefan? No, I won't do that joke. Um, so this has a uh, oh god. There's a lot of sexual abuse, grooming, murder, obviously, um, but a lot of abuse towards minors. So just do you think FYI. you've ever been
0: like potentially groomed?
1: No, Did anyone ever tried to groom you? Nope. I think I I give off that air of like, even as a kid. Nope, men just made me very uncomfortable. So I never. I was like, nope. I've never, no one's ever tried to, no one's ever attempted to, which I'm fucking lucky as shit, like, yeah. I'm incredibly lucky that never happened to me, because I'm, that's happened to so many people, so many, like, 14-year-old girls and 22-year-old boyfriends, it's like, what the fuck have you got? Yeah, in common like, with that's four- that boyfriend
0: I just spoke about, I was, was 17, he was, in his, like, mid-twenties?
1: Yeah, like, what the fuck is he, do? what does he have in common with you? Uh, yeah, so, just trigger warning, because there's a lot of sexual abuse grooming Awful horrible things in this And I just don't want anyone to be like Listen to this Because I was re- as I was doing it I was like Okay And it just keeps going But well, it's
0: 16 pages long It is 16 on. pages
1: Okay so my references I'm in bibliography The Irish Independent There's an article by Fiac Kelly I've never heard the name Fiac before Have you not? Fiac F-I-A-C-H I've heard Fiac crab, But not Fiac I
0: used to uh, hang around With a guy called Fiac Fiac
1: uh, He they, was
0: a musician And a very talented one Fiac Yeah
1: And it's called Life and Death of a Teenager uh, Men's Raya episode 40 uh, various articles from the Irish Independent, the Irish Examiner, Wikipedia, The Journal, and an article by Abigail Riley. I think I'm saying her name right, and it's called "The Only Person Who Cared for Me."
0: Why are you thinking that you're not saying her name? Because right?
1: it's not spelled the way Riley is is spelled in Ireland. We spell it R E I L L Y. She spells spells it R I E L E Y, and I don't know if it's Riley or Really or Rayleigh. I don't or R
0: I E L E Y. Is that Riley?
1: Yeah, it's Riley. Yeah,
0: because
1: Riley to the me the way is, we spell Riley is is not normal. <laughs> R e i l l y is Riley yeah. way we spell it. So uh, I think that's right. So the only person who cared for is the name of the article if you want to read it. Uh, Melissa Mahan was born on the tenth of March, nineteen ninety two, and was the longest of ten children. Her parents Frederick and Mary Mahan were originally from Sligo, but moved to the UK in nineteen sixty nine. So Melissa and her siblings were born in Walthamstow. In London Hang on is this an Irish story Or an it English is. Yeah it's an Irish story Her parents were Irish Listen And they come back to Ireland Listen Yeah right Walthamstow London And in 2000 2000- Fucking corners Go <laughs> here In 2005 At the age of 13 Melissa's parents decided To move back to Ireland Fearing okay. London was too dangerous To raise their children i know so according to the mens rea podcast the family had issues regarding the care of their children and two of them had been placed on the child protection register in the uk and three of the children had been in foster care yeah, so
0: it sounds like they just left yeah. because they were on <coughs> some
1: radar. they were doing some fucking shit yeah so in 2006 the family moved to a house in an estate named Rathbrohan in county sligo mm-hmm. it was here that melissa's incredibly harrowing story would begin So Melissa made friends with two girls, also newly implanted from the UK, in number 64 Rathbronnan Estate. Samantha Conroy and Heidi McManus were sisters who lived with their father, Ronald McManus. Now, just to let you know, there's a lot of surnames going on here, but there's a reason for it. So the sisters have different surnames for a reason, and the father has two surnames, but that will all be explained. Forthwith. I won't be able to follow any of this. Listen! I can see you. The ADHD is kicking in. Yeah. So Melissa and her sister, Liana, became very close with the girls, spending a lot of time with the McManus household. The girls were around the same age. uh, So the girl, the two girls that they met were named Heidi and Samantha. Heidi was 14 and sorry, Heidi was 13 and Samantha was 14, just like Melissa, and enjoyed spending their time together in school and out of school. Samantha and Heidi also had a sister named Shirley. Their father had sole custody and their mother, Lisa Conroy, lived in the UK. So Melissa, Liana, Heidi and Samantha began to get in trouble in the local area, first skipping school and then attempting to break into a house like around for them. Yeah. So the break-in was unsuccessful and the Guardies spoke to the girls and no charges were pressed. So Liana, this is Melissa's sister, the girl we're going to talk about, had a falling out with the McManus girls and decided not to spend any more time with their house. But Melissa continued to spend all her free time there. It was during this period, the last few weeks of Melissa's short life, that she began to become very close to Samantha and Heidi's father, Ronald. Mm. So Ronald would bring the girls to football and to the beach to swim. He seemed doting and attentive and Melissa was drawn to this. But let's talk about Ronald McManus. So Ronald McManus was born in 1964 in the UK. In the 1980s, he moved to London, married and had a child. The marriage did not last... Uh, As good old Ronald decided he wanted to have a relationship with Lisa Conroy, who was the 15-year-old babysitter of his infant daughter. Oh. So Lisa and Ronald were together for six years. This is the babysitter of his daughter and had three daughters, Samantha, Heidi and Shirley, who we just talked about. Lisa talked, uh, sorry, spoke about being in a children's home when she first met Ronald. She was abused in the home and Ronald seemed like a knight in shining armour. That's what she said. Because he was abusing her. Yeah, because, however, he too was horrendously abusive to Lisa as they began their relationship. So this is from the Men's Rail podcast. Lisa spoke to Jerry Ryan, R.I.P., Aww. and told him up that the Jerry, up the, up the, the Jerry, and told him Both that McManus Coke. had raped and assaulted her during each of her pregnancies. Aww. She said he was never violent to her children, but she had had enough and she just left. So when she returned for the girls, he told her she she could not have the children, so he kept the girls. So Lisa said that McManus was not a good father; that he was more interested in going to the gym and taking steroids than taking care of the emotional welfare of his children. The reason McManus moved to Ireland is somewhat odd, but does seem to be indicative of the type of person he was. So Ronald was apparently very anti-drugs, even though he was roided up to the fucking brain. And this brought him into conflict with a local drug dealer, whom Ronald said he was trying to remove from the area. The drug dealer came to Ronald's house, and when Ronald closed the door on his face, the dealer opened fire and shot Ronald's daughter, then aged nine, in the leg. Shirley survived, but there was damage done to her leg. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. So Ronald gave evidence against the man who shot Shirley and him and his daughters were placed in witness protection. <laughs> Ronald could not keep his stupid fucking mouth shut and constantly started rows with his new neighbours where he was kept in the witness protection area. And the family was eventually kicked off the witness protection programme.
0: Oh my like God. fucking
1: pick. So Ronald decided to move the family back to his mother's birthplace in County Sligo. And it was here he took the surname, uh, sorry, he was here he took the surname McManus, which was his mum's maiden name. So he, but his actual real name fully is Ronald Dunbar. So the reason he has two surnames is because he went into the witness protection, protection, which is so bizarre. Um, took the name McManus, which is his mother's maiden name because he was like, I can hide with this name. But his real name is Ronald Dunbar. So when I'm talking about the Dunbars, that's who I'm talking about in this. just It's a little bit confusing. So Dunbar had a history of crime under his belt, from criminal damage to burglary, but only had one conviction for theft of a car. According to Melissa's sister, Liana, Ronald and Melissa seemed far too close. They would sit very close together or sometimes lay on the sofa together. She was 14, just bear that in mind, he was 44. So Melissa told Dunbar how unhappy she was at home and he allowed her to come over to his house as often as she wanted. So in August 2006, Melissa's brother and the oldest, and he was the oldest Matten child as well, Anthony, decided to visit his family in Sligo with his wife and new baby. Throughout this visit, Melissa slept on a blow-up mattress in her parents' room so her brother and his wife could sleep in Melissa's bedroom. The morning before her son was due to leave to go back to England, Mary Mahon awoke, that's Melissa's mother, to find the blow-up bed empty and her daughter nowhere to be found in the house. Mary knew exactly where Melissa had gone and walked to the Dunbar's house to find her. Mary knocked on the door and Samantha answered, then immediately closed the door on Mrs. Mahan's face. Mary continued to knock and eventually Ronald answered the door. He told Melissa's mother he had just woken up and did not know where Melissa was. But Mrs. Mahan refused to believe this and walked to the back of the Dunbar's house where she found Melissa hiding in the shed in her nightgown. So she obviously climbed out the window in the middle of the night, went to this guy's house. Jesus! And instead of him picking up the phone and ringing her mother and going, listen, your daughter's here, he lied. And this girl was at the back in his shed like... So Mary confronted her daughter and allegedly hit her in the back as she walked Melissa out of the Dunbars and back to their own house. So on August 4th, Mary Mahan discovered that Melissa was once again missing. So this is like, she keeps doing this. Mary went to the Dunbars house and demanded she see her daughter, but Ronald advised that Melissa was not in their house this time, that he did not know where she was. Mary went home and waited for Melissa to come back, but in the meantime, she rang the guardie to let them know that Melissa was missing. So one week later, full week without her daughter... Melissa had not returned. So in a panic, she went back to the Dunbar's house again, And he, but he told her he still had not seen Melissa. A week? A week. Oh, it gets worse. This is an absolute case of people abandoning a child, completely abandoning a child. And what happened to her? It's awful. So a social worker named Catherine Farley had become involved with Melissa due to her poor attendance in school. With Melissa still missing on August 22nd, she went missing on the 4th, Mary contacted Catherine. When Catherine arrived at the house, Mary told her that she had not seen her daughter Melissa in weeks. Missus Farley was Miss Farley was very taken aback and convinced Mary to go back to the Sligo Garda station to speak to them about Melissa. She went one time. Was like my daughter's no missing one time. Yeah. So when they arrived to the station, they told the Garda that uh, Melissa was still missing. Catherine Farley decided to go to Dunbar's with the Garda. Dunbar told them that he's seen Melissa only once uh, on the third. And had a brief phone conversation with her. But that was it. He was still saying he didn't know where she was. So in Abigail Riley's piece. Titled the only person who cared for her. She said that quote. Dunbar was worried about Melissa. And would make inquiries to see if she could be found. That Mrs Farley said that Dunbar's concern was obvious. So she was like he was concerned. But he's fucking lying. So he described um, her as a hurt and very frightened human being. And he questioned why the authorities hadn't looked after her earlier. So he was like I don't know where she is. But I'm really worried about her. And I don't know why people aren't looking after her. So this social worker was like believed him and was like he seems to be telling the truth so who is this dude like it's a fucking random person neighbor like why is he involved in his this girl's life like in a 14 year old 14 year old he's 40 fucking four years old so a few days after this meeting does dunbar visited catherine fenley that's the social worker uh visited her place of work to tell her that he'd been in contact with melissa he asked for catherine's number so melissa could contact her if she wanted to arrange a meeting Dunbar was in contact with Catherine again by phone to tell her that Melissa would like to meet with her. This man's arranging all this random stranger lives down the road they arranged to meet in Slishwood which is this like I looked at it it's so beautiful it's like this really pretty forest in did she
0: ring the guards at any point and say the Catherine yeah yeah
1: she contacted the guard who went to the house
0: yeah but like with when her. he's contacting yeah you. yeah
1: okay. she's she's the mother isn't but she is she's in contact with the Garda regularly being like this, this is what's happening we're trying to find her and then the Garda were like this guy is like the go-between between this child and the HSE and the Garda." it's fucking bizarre so, where was I? Blah, blah, blah. Slishwood. Slishwood. Dunbar and his daughter, Samantha, Samantha, also came to the meeting. Catherine told Melissa, so Melissa turned up um, at the Slishwood. Uh, Dunbar and Samantha came and met her. And Dunbar and his daughter, Samantha, were like, oh my God, you're here. I haven't We haven't seen you in so long. We're so worried about you. We're like acting like they hadn't seen her in ages and giving her hugs and stuff. And be like, you know, please come back, blah, 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 blah. This is so fucked up. Uh, Catherine told Melissa that if she didn't want to go home that she would have to be admitted to a residential care home Melissa refused and refused saying she wanted Ronald to force foster her along with Ronald's then girlfriend Angelique Sheridan Melissa then told Catherine that her father was sexually abusing her and that her mother was beating her so she was like I don't want to go back to that house they're abusing me I want him to adopt me with his girlfriend and Catherine finally was like well if you're telling me you're being abused they're not fostering you you have to go into a care home she kind of shot herself in the foot. So she I don't think I find out. So in an interview with the guardy, Ronald's girlfriend Angelique. So this is his girlfriend. Yeah. Told the guardy that guardy that Ronald had seen Mary Mahon beat her daughter so badly that the girl wet herself. This alleged, allegedly occurred when Mrs. Mann came to collect Miss Melissa after she'd run away the first time. So remember, she came to the house and yeah. Melissa was in the shed, and the one article said she slapped her on the back when she was leaving. Angelique, he Ronald told his girlfriend, No, she beat her. She his mother, her mother beat her so bad that she pissed herself. She was so afraid. So that was what he said. But Mrs. Mahan vehemently denies this accusation. She was like, I did not do that. That never happened. So Dunbar told Melissa and Catherine that he did not like the idea of Melissa staying with him, that he'd only just begun to date his girlfriend and did not want another teenager around the house. So he was like, Listen, I don't want to take you in. You know, I've got this new girlfriend. There's too much going on. I've already got two daughters living with me. It's too much. Catherine was eventually able to persuade Melissa not to return to Dunbar's, but instead to be admitted to Leish Nanogue care home. And Melissa eventually agreed. So this is a meeting in a fucking forest. <laughs> with this poor child.
0: It's the most Irish thing I've her ever heard. Her family were
1: nowhere to be seen. This random man that lived up the road from her and his daughter. And a social worker and a
0: social worker In a
1: forest Trying to get this poor child
0: Where had she been?
1: To See you'll find She out. hadn't been in the forest She wasn't in the forest So uh, da, 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 da. Yeah so I said that So on August 28th Melissa arrived to Leishnanog I think I'm saying that wrong. Uh Ronald Dunbar and Samantha came along with her So once again they were with her These random people that don't know her, like that was so bizarre. So, Melissa did not like Leach Oak and regularly left the home to go, back, to go back to Dunbar's house, so she kept escaping. She would not cooperate with the staff and was scared of the situation she was in. Melissa was still completely infatuated with being in Ronald Dunbar's house. She even kept a picture of him under her pillowcase in oh the care God. home. Just, just to, she's 14 and he's 44.
0: And the care home workers didn't think they, that that was all. Maybe we should go
1: talk to someone about the fact that she's a picture of a random man. Who she has known for precisely two months, under her fucking pillowcase. Mrs. Mahan had said she only seen Melissa twice from the start of August. One time she saw her on the street, and the second time her daughter was sitting on top of a shed. So she was walking down the street, and Melissa was on the top of the shed on their estate when she was meant to be in leash to note, but obviously she'd escaped again.
0: That sounds like something
1: I'd do. So Melissa looked frail and tired. She had dyed her hair jet black and cut it into a bob with a very short fringe. This will come in. That's important you'll know later. Melissa was in the care of Leah and at the time so Mary did not approach her. She was like the state have my daughter so I don't want to go talk to her because I'm a great ma. Even though she's sitting on a shed in the middle of the day. Like. One week before her disappearance Melissa returned to Dunbar's home. How old is she when she's 14? It was then that the HSE went to the Sligo District Court and obtained an order prohibiting contact between Ronald Dunbar and Melissa. Finally the order stated that as Melissa was spending so much time with the Dunbar residence, she was unable to settle into the Ishtenog and benefit from any care it was trying to provide to her. So they're like, she's spending way too much time with this dude. She can't settle into life here. We're trying to help her and we can't help her because she keeps running to this guy's house. Uh, so Melissa's family were told about the plans to remove Melissa from uh, Dunbar's influence, but they seemed to not care. Mary Mahan was incredibly angry about the accusations made toward her husband and stated that Melissa was not welcome to come home. And if she did, she would end up getting beaten by her or another member of the family. So she was like, you told everybody that your dad raped you and you're not welcome in this house. So it's important to note um, that other accusations were made towards Melissa's father by her older siblings whilst they lived in England, but no charges were ever pressed. Yeah, because they fucking left England. So as uh, as expected, Melissa's behavior worsened. She was cut off from her friends because she wasn't allowed to go to Dunbar's house anymore. And from Ronald and began to lash out. Leishna Nanogue decided that it would be better for Melissa to stay with the family in foster care. However, this did not work out either. In the first few hours in foster care, Melissa ran away from the house in her bare feet. She also began to hang out with other teenagers, drinking and abusing solvents. She was like huffing oh,
0: deodorant. deodorant
1: and shit. On one occasion, the occasion, the guardie found Melissa in a house in bed with three other boys and one girl. She's fourteen years old. Oh. Upon removing her from the house this, girl, this poor child is so messed up Upon removing her from the house Melissa smashed a glass And began cutting herself Telling them she wouldn't go back to foster care So they eventually calmed her down Brought her back to uh, Leishnanog So the following day after this incident Catherine Farrelly God bless this woman Because she's the only person that was trying Met up with Melissa Catherine decided to drive Melissa to Dunn stores To buy her some fresh clothes They stopped in a garage to buy Melissa some food And when Catherine returned to the car She saw Melissa on her own mobile phone Catherine said she heard a man's voice talking to Melissa so she would go back to the car Melissa's on the phone and she was like some dude just talked to her so on the 14th of September Catherine dro- drove them back to Leishnanog Catherine uh, and Melissa had decided that they would return to the home for just for the night and the next day when Melissa would try to make a go with the foster care again so she's okay. like we'll go back to Leishnanog tonight we've got your new clothes you can have a shower go to sleep tomorrow we'll try with the foster care home again She left Melissa in her room to change her clothes and upon returning to the room, Melissa was not there. She had run away again. So Catherine, big Catherine, began searching for Melissa and in the meantime, an employee from Leish-Nanog called Catherine to let her know that she had seen Melissa dressed in a hoodie and jeans on the main road and then when she called out to her, uh, Melissa began running and she lost sight of her. This will be the last time anyone from the HSE saw Melissa. So Catherine... Immediately called the of course, and asked that someone go to the Dunbar residence and check if Melissa was there. The Gardaí searched the house and they found nothing. Now, it's important to note, Ronald Dunbar's house was number 64. Number 63 beside Ronald Dunbar was an empty house. There was no one living there. So that's just important to note. Okay. Because they went to number 64 and checked the house. And there was nobody there. So that they were like, OK, she's not here. So... Uh, Ronald Dunbar was really pissed off really angry and said that he had not seen Melissa and it was not his responsibility so he was getting progressively pissed off he was like this girl's not my responsibility why are you harassing me about this so Melissa's family would not provide any information to the Gardaí believing that because Melissa was in the state's care it was their fault she was missing and they must find her so the Gardaí said to them do you could you give us an address in England where you used to live in case she's like hopped the boat and gone back to England they wouldn't give them anything Don't give them anything. Nope. So in October... This is it, right? So this is September now, so we're going into October. In October, there were sightings of Melissa, one of which was by her sister Yvonne, who said she saw Melissa in Ronald Dunbar's car. Although people reported various sightings, Melissa was still nowhere to be found. So a year after her disappearance, the Gardie was still no closer to finding her. On January 31st, 2008, Shirley Dunbar, that's Ronald's daughter, his oldest daughter, her sister Samantha... They were at home in Shirley's apartment. So Shirley had her own apartment. This is so weird. Shirley was 17. She had a kid and a boyfriend. She had her own apartment, right? And so her sister, Samantha, came over to hang out with her. And they had, they called, they did like a call to their mum together. And they started having like a screaming argument with their mother over the phone. And the mother was like, yeah, what is wrong with you? Like to Samantha. And Samantha was like, I'll tell you what's wrong with me. And then she just like hung up the phone. So during the argument, Samantha became angry. She hung up the phone and her mother was like, I'll tell her what's wrong with me and hung up the phone. And then she turned to Shirley and she told her that their father, Ronald Dunbar, had murdered Melissa Mahon. So she was like, I'm just telling you this is after happening. She got like, Because her mother kept saying to her, why are you so angry? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Why are you fucking being a bitch? And she was like, I'm going to tell her what's wrong with me. But just like hung up the phone and said to her sister, this is what's wrong with me. He murdered her.
0: Daddy killed Daddy somebody.
1: killed. Dad killed someone like... This is really messed up. So Samantha told Shirley that she returned home returned home, and noticed Heidi who was her younger sister was acting really strangely. Heidi was sitting in the sitting room crying. So Heidi a little while earlier went upstairs to find Ronald and Melissa on the bed. When she asked her father what he was doing he said quote keeping her sweet. What does that mean? What? He said he was keeping her sweet. Now that phrase to me when someone says keeping her sweet is to be like kind of trying to Coax someone into doing something. Yeah, or I'm just keeping them sweet. Like you're being overly nice to try and get something out of them. So he said this to his little girl, you and then the little girl? that she was 13. Um, and she said Melissa laughed. So Melissa was lying on the bed with him, and she laughed. So Heidi went back downstairs because she knew what was going on. She's not fucking stupid, like they were having sex. They were having sex. So when Samantha, so uh, Samantha came home, And um, like saw Heidi and was like, "What's wrong? Why are you crying?" And Heidi was like, "Don't go upstairs." So she immediately went upstairs. So when Samantha went back upstairs, she found Ronald on top of Melissa. Melissa was on the bed, wearing a yellow Disney pajama top, black trousers, and socks. Samantha said that Ronald had his hands over Melissa at her neck, so he was like holding her neck. She said Melissa was gasping was gasping for air, and then stopped breathing. Ronald then stood up and left the room. Samantha tried to revive Melissa, but to no avail. She said Ronald arrived back to the room with a sleeping bag bag, sorry put Melissa in the sleeping bag, tied it with a man's tie and he, Samantha and Heidi put Melissa's body in the boot of the car. Jesus! 13 and a 14 year old. And a dead 14 year old. Upon leaving, uh, oh sorry, upon hearing all of this, Shirley rang her boyfriend to tell him what had happened. When he arrived home, it was to Shirley who was hysterically crying and Samantha in a trance in the corner of the room. He immediately rang the guardie and told him that someone needed to come to his home regarding the disappearance of Melissa Mahan. So the Guardie took the sisters to the Sligo Garda station and took their statements. The next day, uh, so Samantha was now 16, 16-year-old Samantha went with the Guardie to direct them to the River Bonnet where Ronald had dumped Melissa's body. This poor child. So on February 11th, after weeks of searching, a member of the Garda sub-aqu- subaquatic sorry, team found a jawbone in the riverbank. That. Hmm. They then found the remains of Melissa Mahan's body along with a sleeping bag and a man's tie. So Samantha was telling the truth. So this is where this gets really ridiculous. So this Dunbar family, what they should have done is just shut their mouths and said nothing and spoke to the guards and their sisters. But instead, they all went to the fucking journalists. What? Shirley spoke to journalist Paul Williams. Paul Williams? And told him that Ronald Dunbar was having a sexual relationship with Melissa Mahan and that Melissa had been pregnant at the time of her murder that she helped Melissa take the pregnancy test and saw the positive result. But she at the time obviously didn't know that her dad was the father like. So Ronald himself spoke to various journalists and publications and informed them that he was not a sexual predator and that he in fact was the only person that truly cared for Melissa. He also tried to pass pass any blame towards his daughter Samantha, saying that she'd been violent towards Melissa previously, hitting her over the head with a rock during a camping trip. Ronald also blamed Melissa's family and the HSC for their neglect of Melissa. So
0: he's trying to blame his own daughter. His own daughter.
1: He said she, she did it. He's he's saying she did it. So on April 10, 2008, Ronald Dunbar was arrested uh, for the murder of Melissa Mahon. Upon, ac- upon ac- accessing her mobile records, the Gardaí saw that Melissa had been in direct contact with Dunbar the day before her disappearance and the day of her disappearance. They also discovered that the majority of calls and texts made outwards from Do- uh, Ronald's phone were to 14-year-old Melissa, even more than to his girlfriend, Angelique Sheridan. So he was texting this child more than he was texting and ringing his own girlfriend. So Ronald told Guardi that he was being targeted by the press, even though he was going to the fucking press, and that he he had done nothing wrong. When the Guardi asked why Melissa would have been texting him 20 to 40 minutes before she disappeared, and if they had a sexual r- relationship, he refused to answer and asked for a solicitor. Crazy. So, on April twenty first, two thousand and nine, Dunbar's case began under Justice Barry White. Barry Justice White. Barry
0: White.
1: I'm <coughs> sorry. Dunbar was offered free legal aid, and the char- charges brought forward were the mur- were of murder and threats to murder his own daughter. So Samantha had told Gardy that the fa- her father had threatened her life when she learned when he learned that she called Guardy. He's been going to Kelly, basically. So, Dunbar's defense team took the stance of questioning every single detail the guardy provided, drawing out the case as much as they could, trying to find like anything that they could, mm. you know? So, this is nuts. This is. <laughs> so, the first person called to the stand to speak about Ronald Dunbar was his ex girlfriend, Angelique Sheridan. That was the girl that I mentioned earlier. So, Sheridan told. Oh, sorry sorry. Sher- Sheridan and Dunbar dated for six weeks. That was all in 2006. And in this time, Miss Sheridan said that she had noticed some odd things about his relationship with Melissa Mahon. She also admitted that she knew Melissa was hiding in Ronald's house and helped keep her there.
0: So remember he was like,
1: she's not here. I don't know where she is. Oh my God, everybody's neglecting this child. Go find her. She was in his house the entire time. And when she wasn't in his house, she was in the the house next door or in Angelique Sheridan's flat. So Sheridan told the court that Dunbar told her that he had lied to the Mann family numerous times about the whereabouts of their daughter. The reason being, he believed she was being abused by her parents and did not want her returning to an abusive household. He was abusing her. He was abusing her. Angelique then said she became increasingly worried about Melissa's safety, especially her mental health. That she seemed super possessive of Dunbar. She recalled a conversation she had with Melissa and Samantha in the Dunbar home. My throat's dry, sorry. So, Melissa told her, so Angelique was talking to Melissa and Samantha. Mm. Melissa told her she believed she was the reincarnation of Cleopatra. And that Ronald was her reincarnated reincarnated king. What? Melissa even cut her own hair to resemble that of Cleopatra. So, remember her mom saw her sitting on the shed? Yeah. She cut the bob and the fringe into her hair. And dyed it black. okay. Samantha, during the same conversation, also told Angelique that she believed she could see ghosts and demons and that her father could capture these in the tattoos he had on his arms. These poor children. I am just. Ronald also told her one time, right? So this is really weird. So Ronald and Angelique were in the sitting room of the house one time and Melissa was upstairs and he got a text message on his phone and he like, jumped up and ran upstairs really quickly. And then when he came back down, Angelique was like, What were you doing? And he told her he had to go up and exercise a demon out of Melissa sorry and she stayed with this man for 6 weeks this all this all happened in, you know you were talking about right flags earlier this all happened in a 6 week period <laughs> like i ju- she stayed with him 6 weeks yeah the first instance out of it, like you're har- you're harboring a child in your house yeah. i am done sir and i'm calling the police yeah um the, 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 but for me,
0: it there doesn't even have to be any abuse. <laughs> the minute someone said to me, I just have to exercise a demon.
1: Just have to go upstairs. And he she said he jumped up and ran upstairs and came he He's like, I was just exercising a demon now, Melissa.
0: Yeah, I'd be like, Grant. All
1: right, do you want to go watch Coronation Grant. Street? Will we order a trip Stop shop? Stop taking those roids. <laughs> Get off the rides, me. mate.
0: Um, In- what do you want for dinner?
1: <laughs> so, Miss Sheridan also said, quote, One moment I had a normal boyfriend. No, you didn't. Uh, then I had a boyfriend who was a demon fighter. Sheridan. <laughs> Heidi, which is the younger daughter, the English yeah. daughter, told Angelique that Melissa was in love with her father and that she was three months pregnant by him. So Angelique knew this, knew all of this. Angelique spoke to Ronald and told him that he needed to tell the relevant th- authorities where Melissa was and get her the help she needed as he could end up in jail. He then told Angelique, quote, if he was going to prison over Melissa, he would kill her, strangle her. So he, t- he said that to Angelique. So Miss Sheridan then decided then decided to end the relationship. Not, did she not decide to go to the police? Not after the exorcism.
0: And say, you know that she child was like, that
1: you've been knocking yeah, on
0: my partner's door for? Uh, um, she's, she's in pregnant. this gaff,
1: and she's three months pregnant, and he thinks he can exorcise demons. And she thinks she's Cleopatra. Cleopatra. So she also said she All didn't. That poor child. I know it's horrific, and just it's never ending for this poor kid. She also said that she did not tell the guardie as she felt that he would never actually do something like this, and he was just saying it in the heat of the moment. She also said that she was terrified of Ronald and just wanted to remove herself completely from the situation. So another ex-girlfriend of Ronald, I think her name was Lily, I believe, told of his abuse and cruelty towards her. She also told of how Ronald believed there was a new world order coming and he would be king. (laughs) So, Samantha... I know When I was reading it I was like Oh this piece pretty, seems pretty cut and dry As I got further in I was like What the fuck is going on This guy looks like- I- Oh this guy looks like a potato Do you
0: know what I will say Go Here's what I will say about the story Go You've done a good job <laughs> Um because generally, Irish murders are, and crimes, yeah, are like, are like, he killed her.
1: Then he went to prison. Or he that, didn't go to prison. Do you see
0: that field over there? That belongs to me.
1: And if you go near that field, and
0: if you think that you're going to take my birthright of that field that's worth
1: twenty pounds, I will end your life. I'll kill you. I'll with stick a sugar. grape in you. Yes, <clears> that's usually what they right? do,
0: right? And then that's really usually it. Then the guards usually come and fuck it up. Yeah, Um, they're like, we just
1: walked through all the scenes there now and everything's ruined. No one's going to prison. We brought uh, them for a pint.
0: Yeah. Give your one a sheath (laughs) and it's settled. Move on. (laughs) Um, This one has like,
1: Insanity But this
0: guy Like that's That's really unusual than, like bizarre
1: This is more like you know population. You know we ever read Those Amer- crazy American cases yeah. That's what it sounds like Yeah so, This sounds like he was j- Just trying to start A little cult. I think he was So Samantha and Heidi Ronald's two daughters Then took the stand They actually did it, did it Through a video link They weren't in the court So Samantha told the court That she knew her father And Melissa were having A sexual uh, affair She said Melissa had told her She was in love with Ronald And she also said that Ronald had confirmed it to her Samantha said that Ronald did everything in his power to hide Melissa, telling her to agree to go to the care home and that he and Angelique, his girlfriend of four weeks at this time, would fight to get her out and take her back home to Ronald's house. He said this to her during that meeting. But was still keep. She was still in his gaff. So remember, you were like, "Where was she that entire time?" She was in the house next door, in his house and in the house next door. So Samantha told the court that the last day she saw Melissa alive, sorry, Melissa alive, Samantha loaned her the nightgown. So this is the nightgown she was found dead, and it was the next day that Samantha walked into the room and found Dunbar and Melissa in bed, Dunbar choking her. She told how Ronald ordered Heidi and Samantha downstairs, and they drove out to the river. Samantha helped Ronald to dispose of the body. Ronald then told them that this will be Daddy's little secret. And if they told anybody, they would be accessories to the murder and he would kill them. He then took his two daughters to his football practice. After doing that. Later that night, he bleached uh, bleached his bed and burned all the bedding.
0: Because he's a fucking evil cunt. Yeah.
1: So Heidi's statement differed slightly. And she told the court that she was deeply swayed by his father and what he was telling her. She said he, she did say he murdered Melissa, but like her recollection of what happened in the room was slightly different to what's Samantha, but like she's fucking 13 years years old. She's completely traumatized. She's PTSD. Like she watched her dad choke someone. She's not only that, she walked upstairs to find her dad having sex with her best friend and then goes back upstairs and her best friend's dead. And her dad did it. So, because of the differences in the statements from Samantha and Heidi, Dunbar's solicitor stated the, that their evidence should be inadmissible. That if anything, the jury should disregard them. The judge then told Dunbar's solicitor that it was up to the jury to decide what they found true or not. Dunbar's solicitor also told the judge <laughs> that if anything, this will be manslaughter and not murder.
0: How do these solicitors? Live How do they, they sleep
1: at night? How do they sleep at night? I like when I was reading about because I found like. uh case files there's a crime file it's called crimefile.com and it gives like detailed descriptions of what was going on in the court and he came to court every day this Dunbar guy in like a cut-off t-shirt with his tattoos out and a pair of jeans he didn't even he didn't even make an attempt to like put himself out to be like a, a functioning member of society he just looked like a fucking scumbag um and every day he came to court the case went on for 25 days he did that So 25 days in closing statements, uh, the state brought forward that this was in fact murder, that he was a controlling 44 year old man with a history of violence and abuse, having an inappropriate sexual affair with the child, which he fucking was Dunbar's team told the court that Dunbar's history of violence towards women did not automatically mean that he would murder someone. They also asked that the jury disregard Samantha and Heidi's statements as they were not concise and very confused. They also said that given the nature of Melissa's death, both daughters could be seen as accessories to the murder. So They were how old? 13, 14, 13 and sixteen.
0: Accessories to murder. Yeah.
1: They were children. So Mary Mann, who is Melissa's mother, till you hear this. Barry White was taken no shy. So Mary Mahan asked if she could read a victim impact statement. This Did he tell her no? Justice White believed this statement would be disingenuous as having spoken to Gardie regarding the Mahans' involvement in finding their daughter, the Gardie advised that Mah- the Mahans had drip-fed information about the potential whereabouts of their 14-year-old daughter and were of no real help. Mrs. Mann was incensed by this. And stated later, quote, I've got one thing to say and one thing only. From day one, I reported that Ronald Dunbar had my daughter. She never left Saigo since the day she came here. Apparently, the judge reckons that I didn't tell, but I did. I'm absolutely fuming. So the judge was like, why are you reading this? It means nothing. You didn't bother your whole.
0: And not even that, but like, if you get an, if if this is you getting an opportunity to talk. Yeah. It should, and you have nothing to hide, Yeah. Then it shouldn't be about you trying to cover your arse yeah. and what you apparently did do. Yeah. It should be about the fact that your fourteen year old daughter Dead. was groomed. Groomed, sexually assaulted, yeah. raped, yeah. became pregnant, yeah. and then violently murdered. murdered. Yeah. I'm Her body was then stuffed into a sleeping bag thrown in by a river. two children Ugh. and then put into a river. But the only thing you have to say is that you did everything you were supposed
1: to yeah. do. And only that way you hear the statement. So Mary Mahon's statement was still read by her solicitor to the court. And she stated that their lives were completely ruined. That Melissa was their baby and they will never recover. She also managed to mention that she had tried to commit suicide. And blah, 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 blah. So she made it. She completely made it about herself. Aye. Completely made it about herself. Like. So 25 days after the trial started, the jury returned a verdict of manslaughter. Sorry? Justice White passed down a life sentence stating that Dunbar had preyed upon a teenager's vulnerability. Dunbar showed no emotion as the sentence was read to him. So this is from rte.ie. Justice White said that the 44-year-old disposed of her body in a manner not befitting an animal after taking her life, quote, it was not done in panic, but a calculated and deliberate manner, Unquote. So because the cause of death, this is why it was manslaughter, could not be established Due to Melissa's body being left to the elements for 18 months. Justice White said this is the single reason he's being charged with manslaughter and not murder. So they couldn't tell how she was killed. Because her body was completely destroyed. Mm. So he was like, we can't say this is murder because we can't tell. Which is fucking... But anyway... So also from just from RTE.ie uh, Justice White said throughout the trial Dunbar was disdainful, scornful unboarding, and, and contemptuous of his surroundings. He said there was no mitigating factors and that Dunbar had never apologised or shorn any remorse.
0: Sure, why would he? He's the king of the new world. King of the new world. What is Cleopatra? Oh,
1: By his side. So Ronald Dunbar was sentenced to 20 years in jail, the longest manslaughter sentence ever passed down in Irish <laughs> criminal history. <laughs> so there's still more. Oh God. So in October 2020 just gone Dunbar lodged an appeal I read the entire you can read the entire appeal online I didn't know this you can read people's appeals online so I read the entire appeal yeah he's a fucking idiot Dunbar lodged an appeal to have his sentence overturned Dunbar argued that his sentence was unduly severe and that his two daughters could not be taken serious as credible witnesses he also stated that Judge White held an unfair bias against him why? So Judge White was like The fucking state yeah."
0: Why was there an a bias Because he said
1: the judge Didn't like him Because he didn't dress The way he should have dressed So therefore He was going to put did him in jail Regardless any,
0: Did the judge make any commentary On He him said he looked parents? state
1: <laughs> Did he <laughs> He said he was A disdainful scornful, and bordering And contemptuous Of his surroundings And he was like You didn't even put A fucking suit on you just, Oh did say he it. say yeah, this Yeah 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 He was like Why are you coming to court Every day Dressed Like why are you Turning up in a pair In a baseball cap And a pair of shorts Hair shorts. shorts and a baseball cap and a cut-off t-shirt showing his his muscles. He's mad into himself like and the fucking state of him. Bet down. So
0: What a great term.
1: <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Judge- Justice Justice Fidelma Mackin presiding and sitting with Mr. Justice. Justice Declan Budd and Mr. Justice Daniel O'Keefe dismiss McMahon's claims, stating, quote, Mr. Justice White had imposed an appropriate sentence that these were exceptional circumstances involving the death of the child and that the sentence would be upheld.
0: Was she pregnant? Could they
1: tell that? They couldn't tell. Her body was completely destroyed. She was in a river for 18 months. Mm. Mm. So in May 2012, Heidi, who now took her mother's maiden name of Conroy, so she was Heidi Dunbar, but now she took her mother's maiden name, whose anonymity had been upheld by the court. So the entire time this was going on, nobody knew Heidi's name came forward to tell the press that her father, Ronald Dunbar, had been sexually abusing her from the age of eight. Heidi, aged 19 at the time, came forward as she was angry at claims that her father may be innocent. Heidi states that she was repeatedly savagely raped by her father up until the time of his incarceration. She said she felt brainwashed by him, Um, that she herself had thought she could save him from prison, from prison. So she at one point was like, I don't want daddy to go to jail. I'm going to take the fall for this, blah, 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 blah. He had like fucked with her head so badly. Oh my God. So Heidi spoke about the guilt she felt at introducing Melissa to her father. Oh, quote, Heidi. This is awful. She was my friend and he took her off me. Not only abusing her and whatever he was doing, but killing her. I saw her dying and I saw lots of things I shouldn't have seen, but I loved her. She was my friend. Oh. Heidi also said she would not let her father ruin the rest of her life. Quote, some people in Saigo say I don't have a life, that I don't have a future, but they are wrong. I do have a life and I will have a future. I will make whatever happened to me, the bad situation, better. So Samantha, Heidi's sister, also told the court of how Ronald sexually abused and raped her too. Um, Dunbar received 15 years For the rape and sexual assault Of his daughter Heidi Aren't they amazing Incredible girls And a further 10 years For the rape and sexual assault Of of Samantha I know it's horrific The other day when I was dealing I was like I can't deal with this Because Aren't
0: they so brave
1: So brave Like
0: Like he's behind bars Babies They
1: were were Like when I was thinking When I was 13 I was like How were they dealing Like The fact that Their dad was a was raping them and then and they, they, had they had nobody and then they brought their 14 year old friend into the house and he starts raping her because that was rape because she was a child. So, um, yeah, so he got a 15 years on top of his sentence and another 10 years so hopefully he'll just getting... in, rot and die in jail but also I just wanted to mention Heidi, uh, there was this article I think it was in the Irish Times a while ago about girls who were victims of rape by their fathers trying to get a law passed that mothers who knew about it and didn't do anything could serve jail time okay so Heidi basically was part of that article and was saying like her mother knew what was happening um and that she didn't do anything and I was trying to find like where where did anybody say anything about this or anything come of this so remember I told you Samantha and uh Shirley were on the phone having a screaming argument with their mother yeah. and then this is one when, when it all came out so Samantha's boyfriend told the guardie, That when he, when they came back into, when he came back into the house after this argument had happened, they rang their mother again and the mother said to Samantha, I hope Dunbar rapes you again and hung up the phone. So she knew the father of her children was raping her daughters and did nothing. And then she was on the Jerry Ryan show being like, he abused me and he was raping your children and you knew and you did nothing.
0: And you wished it upon them. And
1: you wished it upon your daughter. So where there's no hope there's no hope for those children and that was the worst part when I was reading it I was like three children's lives four or five children's lives completely wreckably damaged done there like I'm so glad Heidi was like I'm gonna have a life and I'm gonna have a future and I'm gonna do these things that I want to do and but just like they're so damaged I, it's a horrible story and I know it's a really horrible story to come back with but I was just well, I, ha- all horrible I know stories. but I had another one planned and then I Found this And I was looking at something The other day And I was like I've actually never heard of this I never heard of and this And it didn't story. happen that long ago And like he only tried to Get his sentence get revoked this, Last yeah. year So I was like What the fuck there's, there's a lot of Pieces about it online Like there's a lot of stuff About it online Because she was so young She was so little But um also because The entire family Went to the press Entire family went yeah, to the looking press looking for a payday Looking for a payday and I was like, why do, Why are you doing this? this? is not what you do. You you go through the courts to try and figure this out. But also, Melissa Mann's family should be fucking ashamed of themselves. And I'm sorry, I, her mother, like, I understand Melissa was a difficult child, but she was suffering. How can you not look at that child and know that she's not, that she's suffering? Like... But
0: even, like, I'm, and I'm not comparing my, like, upbringing. No, 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 I've been in situations, in a situation, in situations, yeah, where I've seen a family member that had been, not forcibly removed, but had that had removed themselves from our lives.
1: Yeah.
0: And seen, because it was like, someone immediate to me. Yeah. And seen my parents do, and that person was really difficult. Yeah. And bought loads of problems. Yeah. And was an, a massive impact on our lives, a massive impact on my mum's yeah. life and my dad's life. Yeah. And my parents did everything. Yeah. Because they were, that was their That's child. Their kid. No matter how difficult it was, yeah. no matter how many awful things they did. They just kept trying. To try get them back.
1: And like, I so, think... So to
0: say that, she was in the care of the
1: state that's what really upset me and to
0: not ring yeah the state yeah. then she and was, say she i've like, seen yeah, her yeah was like
1: it's not my she said to them like while well, you're the state's looking after us the state have to find her basically and she was pissed off because melissa was like my dad's abusing me now i i couldn't find anything to state that that was happening i don't know i be, if the girl said it was happening i do believe her but um, the fact that other members, older members of her family, she this, these people had ten children in nineteen ninety. But someone do. else
0: came out and said that he had
1: the older be- her older siblings who who still lived in England. So they only come back came back to England with three of their children. The other seven were still in England, and her older siblings had accused their father of sexually abusing them, <laughs> and then nothing came of it. And then she said it, and all of a sudden the mother is like, "Oh, how dare you! I'm not never going to see you again. I'm going to beat the shite out you if you come back to the house." She's fourteen. She's. Desperately need of help Her mental health Is in the toilet Yeah Like And this
0: man is like Filling her But
1: the only thing is He's where he's meant to be He's rotten Right now in jail And like Hopefully those girls Are getting the help That they need The therapy that they need But
0: like That's just like That like The whole story is awful And horrific But when you started to speak about Samantha and Heidi Mm -hmm. Like my face went red Yeah I just got so upset Thinking about like But just, like,
1: they had nobody. Nobody. Their father was abusing them and their mother was in England and didn't give a fuck. And then was saying to them, I hope he continues to rape you. But they're so strong. And then wondering... That's such a
0: brave... uh, Incredibly brave. There's no requirement for them to do it. They're not going to gain anything from it. In fact, it'll make their lives more difficult because people are judgmental and awful and tend not to believe women. And they came forward just to be yeah, like... Yeah, because
1: Heidi could have stayed in anonymity. She, yeah. she didn't have to tell anybody, but she came forward and was like, "I'm." he was raping me. Of course, and people, the people are like, I don't know if it was happening. He groomed a 15-year-old babysitter. I don't know what's happening.
0: There's a 14-year-old girl in his, getting out of her bed yeah, in the middle of and the going night to his house. And like, I'm sorry, it was happening. Yeah, of it, is it was happening. happening. And if you're refusing to see that...
1: Well, then the problem is you. you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, people, anybody that would discredit this in any way, my first thought goes to he was married with tr- three, with two children and decided to go and sleep with a 15 year old who was babysitting his child and then married her when she was 16. And yeah. you don't think this man is a pedophile? Yeah. You
0: did a really good job on that story and it was Thanks. really difficult.
1: It was absolutely awful and <laughs> horrible. Yeah. I had, the other, I had the other story ready for not next What's week. Your the other following story? is that guy and the man and the woman that murdered. Oh that's the you sent me Yeah because I was going to do that And then I haven't done But I, I found this And I was like Oh this is crazy and I, Do you know what I wasn't going to do it Until I got to the Cleo Batch part And I was like Oh we're doing this Because yeah, this is insane This
0: is insanity uh, Colin For just messaged me there And
1: he said Would you mention the single Colin has a new single out With his <laughs> friend <laughs> With his friend Tristan, who's lovely and has a great name, Tristan's a great name, uh, and the song is called Lament, "Lament Configuration. and the band is called Cell Games, C E L L Games. Um, you can find them on YouTube. You can find them on Spotify. If you just want to give them a listen and they watch of their video, it's a great song. The video's really good.
0: Colin, made Colin it here.
1: directed and made the video and made it in my hallway. And if
0: you know what it's, uh, I he
1: and stuck pictures I of serial it. killers all over my walls. I was
0: like, oh, that explains why Colin watched a Hellraiser four times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, That
1: explains Colin's <laughs> Hellraiser face But yeah It's a great song And he deserves it Because he's He's very talented And it's Colin Tristan, is so talented Tristan is so incredibly good. talented as well. He's really talented He's Do really know, good Do you know what I thought Tristan was Steve When it first time I saw my song Wait I tell you Gar messaged me this morning Out of nowhere Gar doesn't have social media And was like I heard Colin's song On the radio last night I was like What And he was like I heard Colin and Steve's song I was like That's not Steve It's Tristan Because he looked at the YouTube video And he was like that's not Steve And I was like no Well Steve doesn't play Any instruments Steve plays he guitar. Does he Yeah Steve oh, plays okay. guitar He's got a gorgeous guitar Actually This big black cool thing But yeah He thought it was um, He thought it was Steve as well And I was like "No, oh, it's Tristan oh. So yeah Listen to Colin Cell games The lament configuration They're going places They're doing things Colin's killing the game So yes Thank you for listening Happy Christmas you have Christmas. any final words Happy, Happy Christmas, Christmas. <laughs> Army Hammer is a cannibal
0: oh, Allegedly No allegedly home.
1: <laughs>
2: And now an excerpt from the upcoming Patreon-exclusive podcast, MMI Drive.
0: Do you know how long we've been in this car? How long?
1: An hour and a half. We're around 28 minutes. Yeah, I figured it would have been. Um, but I got nominated for, like, student of the year. Student of the, like, yeah? Hold on, I didn't win. My friend Rhea won she deserved it. Student of the year? Yeah. Me and for, like, being so smart? Me, Rita, Kieran... I can't remember who the other person was. Um,
0: I didn't get nominated for shit. I, like, I had an English teacher that told my father that I should do remedial.
1: I remember you told me that. And my dad was
0: like... No! At parent-teacher meeting, I said to my dad, I don't need to do remedial, she's just a cunt. Um, do you know what? I'm, he's I'm he's more in like, telling
1: these stories. Maybe I was a cunt. No, but, um, like, these teachers are meant to be trying to... Give you a good fucking life, like, and and yeah, no, she was
0: like Sarah changed to media like she just in terms of her like understanding of like poetry and comprehension, like it's just not there. And I was like, that that's not true. I was like, she just said she this to your dad, yeah, because it was you know your parent teacher meeting. Oh, when he was in with them, like. yeah, and she was she was like Sarah, like, and I was like, Dad, in because like we went to our parent teacher meeting with our parents, and you had the like your parent, <gasps> you went with them, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah you you went.
0: I think because they were like Who the fuck How are we going to tell Which parent is for him I suppose him? because we need to um, We were
1: very few people On our school You um, were
0: sitting there When they were talking Well you had two options First option was Oh for fuck's sake Sarah's man. quiet again Second time it's The battery and the care <laughs> um, If the parent Can choose For you to sit outside The library Or sit in And my dad was like so My dad was like Sarah that's bizarre My dad was an absentee parent So my dad was like Here listen You better sit in here with me Because I don't know um,
1: And so you would sit there And they would talk about you, you Yes yeah, and so they there? would say
0: And um, what? My English teacher in particular She was like She asked my dad That I not sit in Because me and her Had gotten into it A couple of times in the classroom Where I was like No you're wrong like just because you don't agree with my opinion doesn't mean my opinion on fucking Sylvia Platt yeah, wrong. is wrong. Not it is incorrect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's subjective. Like yeah. we've gotten into to that level. Anyway, um, she asked that I not be allowed to sit in, and my dad was like, "No, she's going to sit in." And then she was like, she'd written a letter home to my parents to try and get me out of her class to go to like, because uh, so I was, I was in higher say, yeah. level, so to go into lower level, and so she didn't want you to go to ordinary. She wanted you to go to like. L- like like foundation. remedial foundation. foundation. Yeah. yeah. Um and my dad was like, Sarah like my dad was like, She absolutely does not need to go to federal no. level. And not that she there's was anything like, wrong with any of these No, there's nothing like, wrong with that, need at to be doing that. Um my dad was like, No, I don't agree. And then he was like, Actually we'll just get Sarah and then I came in and I was like, Hello, you curly haired cunt, old bitch. Um she wasn't old, she was really young. Um and she was a singer. And also an English teacher, and she like really fancied my dad because he was a musician. Oh, that's so weird! And she knew my dad's like work. That's so fucking yeah, weird. And she was like, "Oh, your, your dad is so talented. It's pretty." I, I, I think she would have been nice to you. Uh,
2: MMI Drive coming to Patreon January twenty twenty one. Has ever seen a feminist get down? Slamming, jam to the fuckman sound. Yeah, everybody left move. Cause Emma's in the house with the two cats grooved. sarah has got a kid and a couple of pooches. And when it comes to murder, these bitches ain't toothless Fuckman, you know we ain't playing. Fellas need to hear what the ladies